Well, amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. On this beautiful morning the Lord has given us, we get together to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you are here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor of this congregation, and I want to say thank you so much for being here in person, but I also want to share a thanks to those of you who are watching online or hearing us in our podcast. Today, this morning, uh, is just, uh, it's not just a regular Sunday uh, service. We are looking at the, the power that God had given Christ to raise uh, from the grave and is able to give us life also. Uh, today I want to share with you that I continue on with a, the sermon series and today completes it of the series we have done during Lent which is titled He Chose the Nails. It's a study by Max Lucado and if you have you the regular book, I think it's uh, 15 chapters, what a blessing it has been in my life and I pray it's been a blessing to yours as we've gone through several of the topics that he brought in and I was uh, given the message and, and during our life groups many of them were able to do this study and were blessed by it as well. Today, the theme that I want to share with you is God's promise through the empty tomb. Praise God. And so part of that, before we go into the celebration, uh, we did have, like Cole mentioned, we had a great Good Friday service. Many people want to go and it's okay to go and celebrate and know the great things that are going to be happening, but we sometimes forget that Christ went through suffering for us. And what a moving service it was. And towards the very end, uh, uh, when Jesus uh, was, re I was reading the scripture, and Jesus gave up uh, his spirit, and it was silence. There was nothing else after the no applause on Good Friday. It was a moment that just remembering the sacrifice, and we also asked the, the individuals to, uh, who were here to leave in silence. And it was, it was very, a, a very moving moment, not just because we had a great worship service uh, for the, the story of Easter, but even just the silence in itself to recognize what Christ has done for us. But you know what? Sometimes people don't like silence. There's a, there's a saying out there that silence screams the loudest at times. Many people don't like silence, but you know, it, you're actually seeing, seeing and hearing somebody who don't mind the silence. In fact, uh, there was one, uh, several years ago, my brother called me up, uh, my brother Eno, and he, he, he's talking to me and he says, yo Rick, is that the clock ticking I hear in the background? And that's how quiet it was, I didn't realize it. I just sometimes wanna sit in silence and I don't, I'm not bothered by it. There was another time I went over to the mountain area and one of my brothers was with me and, and the, the beautiful location was nothing else around, just the woods. And we go into that little porch area and we're in a rocking chair. Just silence. All of a sudden, it, the, the silence was broken by, we're sipping coffee. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he was like, Yep. <laughs> we were laughing because that's the only thing we're able to do. Then what happened was my other brother comes in later on, and he was like, yo, this is too quiet. I don't know how you do it, Rick. But the silence. What took place, I can only imagine, ladies and gentlemen, what the people that were following Jesus, that were being taught by Jesus, that may have been healed by Jesus throughout his ministry. And now, 
when he's seeing him on the cross or hearing that he was on the cross and that his body lay there, it was, was hanging there with no breath, no life. I could imagine the silence that would have been in their lives. And sometimes in our lives when there's silence, we start to second guess where is God. Sometimes we go through things and the silence like, God, where are you? Can imagine what those disciples must have been going through. What his mother must have been going through. Been thinking back of all that they had seen and heard and now this lifeless body. What now? In the midst of silence, what can we do? So there's no more hosannas that was being yelled out. There was no more palm branches and, and, things be, and, and, the, and the garments being put out as they welcomed Jesus in the triumphant entry, as it's known. There was no longer someone that was going to be there and having a meal with them to break bread together, to continue to show them what they need to do to make other disciples and to follow God. The silence. The quiet of not knowing. The tears. I can only think about also maybe another individual or others that we're going through that when Jesus was crucified. So let's go into scripture today in the book of John, the gospel book of John, chapter 20. I'll be reading from verses one through 10. The NLT version says this, early on Sunday morning while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started to run out to the tomb, and they were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw that the linen wrappings lying there but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, and while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and he believed. Well, I mean, this is a very important. In verse 9, it says, For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that, had, that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Think about that. I'm going to pause there for a moment. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. They had gone with Jesus. They had seen his ministry. Jesus usually will pull himself aside, and he will gather his disciples And here he was teaching them what was to come, but yet they had not fully understood. What were they doing in the midst of the moment that Jesus' body was in the tomb until this happened? 
Was it silence? Was it trying to figure out, okay, did, did Jesus say this at one point? Uh, we don't understand it. Or, or just complete silence. But I love verse 10. Verse 10 says, then they went home. I don't know about you, and I don't know what your home represents, so let me speak only on my behalf, because I know that not every home is this way. When I think about home, ladies and gentlemen, I think about a place that I can uh, receive peace. That I can be going uh, uh, work-wise, or I can go to vacation or things, but there's no place like home. Now, I do have a little... uh, seven-month-old uh, uh, half uh, Shih Tzu and, and Yorkie, so I don't know, sometimes the peace is not there. Just want to let you know that. And then I got a grandson who's a year and a half old. There's definitely no peace at times. That's not the peace I'm talking about, though. It is knowing that you're home, that you're, you're, you feel secure. And that's how I feel like when I was reading this scripture, uh, could it have been that the disciples, after they went in and they saw and believed that they received this peace within them, that they were able to head back home? What does your home represent to your life? And I know that not your home may, may, may be different. Maybe you were raised differently. Maybe you were, you know, even in your current home right now, but that, again, when I'm thinking about the home, it represents peace within me. And I really feel that disciples must have received that peace. And all of a sudden, like, ooh, something's about to happen? Oh, can you imagine? I love how the message of the He Chose the Nails, I have a, little, a, a few excerpts from the book of Master Cato. It says, you know, we're dealing with God's promise in the empty tomb. It says, the discovery made by every person who has tried to bury the faith, the same as the one made by those who tried to bury its founder, he won't stay in the tomb. You see, nowadays it feels like our faith is trying, people trying to shut us down. They're trying to keep us quiet in our our faith. Whatever they try to do, ladies and gentlemen, that's not going to keep Jesus in the tomb. The The tomb is empty. Amen. And we have to realize that when people are speaking to us and trying to shut us down in our faith, we must be able to have the courage to say, no, I, have, I serve a, a risen Savior. You may try to put him in the tomb and, and put our faith in that, in, in that tomb, but it's no longer there. The tomb, the, the, the stone has been rolled away. So the question, he puts it out, how do we explain it? Max Locato writes, uh, Jesus was a backwater peasant. Now, he never wrote a book, never held a position in office. He never journeyed more than 200 miles away from his hometown. Friends left him. One betrayed him. Those who who he helped uh, uh, forgot him. Prior to his death, they abandoned him. But after his death, they couldn't resist him. So what made the difference? The answer, his death and resurrection. For when he died, so did our sin. And when he rose, so did our hope. 
For when he rose, your grave was changed from a final residence to a temporary housing. Isn't that something, ladies and gentlemen, that we, we, most of the time that we fear, we want to be able to live life, and all of a sudden we start realizing, man, our life is coming to an end because the only thing guaranteed, in a sense, is life is death. But what's stopping us from enjoying life now? Should we not be going into the power of the resurrected Christ to know that with that same joy in the same way the disciples, when they heard about and, and Mary found out that the, the, the body was no longer there, that she was able to share with other people that Christ is no longer in the tomb and this is God's promise in the empty tomb that he's no longer there. So wherever you're trying to find Jesus in the tomb, you're, 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 you're wasting your time because he's no longer there. From final residence to temporary housing. Reminds me of a, another passage in the book of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. This passage may be familiar to you. It says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. This is Jesus speaking at that time. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If, there were not so, if, if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Amen. So the reason he did it Put yourself out into the mirror and you will see the reason he did it. He did it for you, he did it for me. The verdict at the two millenniums, Herod was right. There is room for only one king, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I pray that you make Jesus the king of your life, the king of your heart. Like Mary and Peter and John, you will not find him in the tomb. He is not there. He is alive. Let him be alive in your life. Because as we gather today here in person or online to be able to say with confidence, with no second guessing, that even in the midst of silence, that God is there, and then we're able, even though we're dealing with suffering, Jesus knows about suffering and pain, but he also knows about victory because he, because he holds the keys of hell and death. And therefore, why not celebrate with him in victory, knowing that death does not, cannot, could not hold him down, and certainly death will not be the last word in our lives for those who believe in him. And so we gather here today to remember his life, to give us life, that we can come before him for what Christ has done for us. Because he is risen, let us pray. Loving and most gracious God, we come before your presence and thanking you for another day of life that we gather to remember Christ's life the promise that you have through the empty tomb. 
to the experience that those disciples and the followers had. And here we are, many years later, continuing to celebrate based on our faith and let our faith be uh, uh, shut down into a tomb because we need to shout it out to others that Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Bless us, Lord, give us that power that we need to continue moving forward with confidence in your love and guidance of the precious Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, before I finish up here, I want to let you know, thank God. Take a moment this week, even today, and thank God to remember what he has done for you. Don't just say, okay, thank you, God. Know why you're saying thank you. Now, next Sunday, we are on the 24th, we're going to be having the confirmation. Uh, there's several students who have gone through the class at nine o'clock. We'll be here uh, celebrating with those confirmands, as well as several of them are being baptized. I pray that you join us at nine o'clock. If you're not here in person, you can still join us online. Again, nine o'clock, looking forward to it. And we also start a, a, a new sermon series that is titled, uh, oh, you know what? Let's show the video a moment. That's going to be my walkout music every week. <laughs> what a blessing it has been. I pray that you have been blessed by today's service. Again, don't let that spirit of life uh, just finish out here when you leave uh, our service here today. Uh, take that joy and share it with others because in, in a world that seems like it's full of darkness, share the light of Christ with them to know that a Christ is alive and well and he is working within us. May God continue to bless you. May he guide you by the precious Holy Spirit. And God's people will all say, amen. amen.